relationships I go through And I give it all away Just so I could say that But I know, I know, I know, I know Hey, we're back. Okay. It's just another White Guys Podcast. I'm Dustin Jones. Happy to have you along with us for another round. Uh, I am joined by a very special guest this evening. And she is coming to us from Minnesota. The one, the only... Heather, now Heather, are you before I before I complete the introduction? Are you go? Do you yeah. go hyphen? Are is it Balgard Wessel? Is it Wessel? Is it which way are we going here? I I forgot to ask. I no, I don't even know what my last name is. Like on the marriage license, it's Heather Grace Belgard as my middle name, and then Wessel as my last name. But I haven't changed it at work or on any of my passports, social security, driver's license, bank accounts. So I've just been going by Heather Bellegard. And so I don't know what I'm going to do. I might just like see if I can get the marriage license changed because Wessel <laughs> just hasn't really fit me yet. <laughs> you don't, you didn't, you didn't want to commit to uh, the hyphen or anything like that. Yeah. I didn't want to do that. Cause that gets too long and complicated. So I was like, I'll just make Bellegard my middle name. But then I don't know, 33 years of being one person. It's a hard change. So I, I, I don't know what my last name is. My wife, my wife went through that, that same, that same thing. So she, she, yeah. she'll understand when she, when she hears, but Heather, welcome to the show. I'm, I'm excited that you're here with us tonight and uh, how are things Thank in Minnesota? You. Well, we've had an exciting day in Minnesota. We are one step closer to getting liquor sales on Sundays. Huge, huge news. Unfortunately, huge. not uh, unfortunately not the biggest news today in Minnesota as has broken in the last hour. Uh, mumps have returned to the Minnesota Wild Locker Room, which is something that oh. deeply affects me and has basically ruined my entire night. That sucks. Why don't they get vaccinated? They okay, so they had. I don't know if you paid attention or you care about. I don't. I don't know where you rank on on caring about hockey. But a couple of years ago, they had mumps in the yeah. NHL. They in, and it also affected the Minnesota Wild. All okay. of them were offered booster shots at that time. Okay. And I know that Zach and Jason both got the booster shots thanks to fantastic reporting from the Star Tribune's Michael Russo. Um, <laughs> but apparently they don't work because Zach and Jason oh, are sick again. That's bad. So they did everything they could to prevent it, and they still got it. Correct. That is sad. So, I mean, really the only thing to say is thanks, Obama. I mean, really, that's all we, it's, it's his, everything is his fault anyway, so. I was going to say, we're still blaming Obama for stuff for Guy? He's like, come on. Oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's, everything, everything post-President Obama's presidency is still his fault. I mean, it's just. It's still his fault, okay. Besides, it's, it's oh, much man. more fun. It's much, if I can continue to invoke his name, even if it's to blame him for things, I forget for just a moment that he's not the president anymore. No, I love it, because, like, thanks Obama's funny, like, we can't say thanks, Trump, because that's just too depressing, because he really is ruining everything. So he, it's he not is. funny anymore. No, it's not. And it's – so now I was all excited because hockey's back. I mean, they they went on this stupid five-day bi-week break. I didn't have any yeah. hockey. They were coming, they're coming back tonight, which when, I, when, when we decided to do Monday night, I didn't realize they were playing tonight. I thought they started back tomorrow. So oh, no. So I'm actively avoiding – looking at any scores or anything like that so i have oh, a lot i'll have hockey to catch up on but this okay, is good. the 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 mump story breaking has driven me to drink more than i planned to tonight so 
Oh, no, that's you know, terrible. Like, how? Do? I don't know much about mumps. I'm not a doctor. Uh, yeah, you're just a lawyer. Yeah, I have a Juris doctorate, not a medical doctorate. Yeah, I mean, you're a doctor? Well, it's a JD, Juris doctorate for lawyers. I didn't know that that's what that was. Yep, it's a doctorate degree. Oh, just um, one of those. We, yeah, but... I'll, um, I'll have I'll have you know I have a very prestigious degree from Brown College. Oh, hey! I like to tell good. people. I like to tell people I went to Brown, and then just yeah. wait to see if they question whether or not it's like Brown from back east, or the, <laughs> or the Brown, <laughs> or whether it's an eighteen month, whether it was an eighteen month radio broadcasting course that I took. If they don't ask, That's I'll just let them amazing. assume. Well, I will tell you that you have a great radio voice. So no matter what Brown it was, it worked because well, you have you. a really good. Voice. I would. I will say this. This voice did not come from Brown. I had this when I showed up. <laughs> okay. All this right, is, giving them too much credit. You, you, know, you know what they tell you the first day of radio broadcasting school about the radio voice? What? If you don't have the voice already, they can't teach you. Oh, man. So, How many people just got up and left? Like, oh, fuck it then. None, none because they were all young and dumb and thought they were going to be Howard Stern. Sure, of course. Right, right, right. Before everyone realized that radio was a terrible, uh, a terrible idea to start in, anyway. Yeah, exactly. Around that time when podcasts, and look at you, you're so modern now. Mm. Here you are on a podcast. Look at me. I've, I, I have a, I have a listenership of at least twenty five people. So I'm really, yeah. I'm, I'm really doing it strong. <laughs> That's awesome. So we uh, let's get into this. So what? Uh, yeah. What drew you to becoming a lawyer? I find because I find I, I find the law very interesting. I do too. Um, so it's interesting because I was a little girl, and I saw that movie Curly Sue. Do you remember that movie? I do remember that movie. My sister loved that movie. Yeah, so I was like a little girl watching Curly Sue, and the really pretty lady with the pretty dresses and the nice apartment was a lawyer. So I was like, I want to be a lawyer. Like that was what I based it on. And so I grew up like telling everyone I wanted to be a lawyer. And my grandpa would always tell me, "You can't be a lawyer. Lawyers are terrible. Girls can't be lawyers." Blah blah blah. So I was raised with all these voices in my life telling me that I couldn't be a lawyer because of my gender. And so I uh, got my undergraduate degree in elementary education because that's what girls were supposed to do. So I became a fourth grade teacher. I taught for two years and about six months into my first year of teaching, I just knew, you know what, like I can think for myself now. I don't have to listen to those voices in my head. I'm going to go back to what I want to be, and I want to be a lawyer. And at this point, it wasn't based on Curly Sue anymore. It was more based on I love research. I love writing. I don't love standing in front of fourth graders all day and teaching them the same stuff. Like, let's get back to my original passion. So I went to law school. That was my story. So it, it's interesting that, that you related it to starting with, with a movie because when I – I had considered how I wanted. I thought being a lawyer would be a cool job, until I realized yeah. that you you don't. Most lawyers don't get up in front of juries and give long, flowing, <laughs> artfully written, beautifully crafted twelve minute uh, monologue closing statements that then trigger that one juror to realize, oh no, he couldn't have possibly done it. 
and uh, your <laughs> client is now not guilty. Once I found out that then, that wasn't true and that's not how being a lawyer really works, I was like, oh, yeah, maybe not so much. Yeah, exactly. No, I totally get it. Um, I went through that a little bit in law school, too. You, like, get there and you have these grand visions of, like, being super rich and working in a big oak office and carrying a briefcase. And then you realize, like, oh, I am going to be in law school debt the rest of my life working long hours for little pay compared to my debt and this is fun but i still love it like don't get me wrong i love it but it's definitely not as romantic as you think it would be yeah you you don't really uh get the uh the the i just i just thought it would be so much fun to get up and just spout off all these facts and figures and cite cases and right. all this and be, and just be like there's no way that my client did this and you have to find him not guilty <laughs> and i just all of that looks so so great but it's just not that's just not the real yeah. and there i mean i'm sure there are a few lawyers that do that but it's so much a small part of the actual legal profession Exactly. Like so few cases these days actually go to trial. Like it's all about alternative dispute resolution. So most of it now is just negotiating, writing motions, pre-trial stuff. And like I did work uh, with a family law attorney all through law school. And we um, would like have a trial set and the attorneys would be like, working so hard to settle before like our two o'clock time. And there was such an emphasis on settling that the, the judicial clerks would come out and then be like, are you guys ready? Or do you think you could have it done in 30 minutes? We're like, we think we could have it done in 30 minutes. They're like, okay, we'll push you 30 minutes. They come back. Do you think you can have it done in 50 minutes? Yes. We just need 50 more minutes. And they come back. So, I mean, they like encourage you so much to settle that they will like keep pushing your time back and back and back until you settle. And then if you do settle, you walk in and the judge just basically has to like stamp off on what you agreed on and gives you this like, big glowing like praise for settling before wasting any more of their time. So it's really interesting. Why, why is it, do you suppose that, why, why does it take so long from the time someone, just for an example, like a civil, a civil case from the time someone files something, I mean, it can be years, like five, six years before that sees a judge of any sort. Totally. Well, you know, attorneys like to tie it up for as long as they can because they're doing the billable hours. No, but seriously, like one big thing is if you start to, you try and do everything you can to settle it outside your court. So you'll go through mediation maybe you'll agree to do arbitration. Um, and then if you do start to go towards a trial, attorneys will, I mean, you've seen this in movies, like dump discovery on each other. So just like bury them in paperwork to try and delay things. Um, the other party, you know, so you bring over all of your, your evidence and you, they have to like dig through boxes and boxes and boxes of emails being like, Hey, want to get lunch? Sure. What time? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know so, if that's making sense. Oh, absolutely. I mean, but. you are. I I understand what you're saying. So, <laughs> okay, I, good. <laughs> it's it's interesting to me, and, and there also aren't there like so from the moment you file this thing, then they have like three months to respond, and then they're of course going to wait as long as they possibly can to then respond, which then you know triggers another clock that's like three months long, and then it's 
you know, all these, yeah. there's all these deadlines and time frames, And so something that seems like it would be simple to resolve because of the, the different steps that have to be taken takes like yeah. a year to get to like A to B. Exactly. It's true. It's just like how the system is set up and that's why people just are so, that's why there's been such a move for alternative dispute resolution. Just like get it done. Let's not waste people's time. Like, you know, charge excessive fees. Just get it done. So. Well, I noticed, so I've, I spent some time going through your Facebook today because oh, nice. I like to, pre- <laughs> I like to be, I wanted to be super prepared. I love and it. Okay. Awesome. So, one of the things that I noticed is that you had posted uh, last was let's see was this last year where it became the th- where making a murder was a thing, and oh, you you so posted good. you posted, hey here are my thoughts on some most uh, on a few of the recent uh, TV shows that involved cases, and you talked about you you believed OJ was guilty that yeah. The making the murderer guy was guilty, but his yeah. his Brandon Dassey was not guilty. John yeah. Bonet's brother is not guilty, and what was yeah. there was one more. Um. Oh, it was the I is do, the I, it's the 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 Amanda Knox chick, right? Oh yeah, I put her as innocent, and I had some people ask me why did I write innocent for Amanda Knox and not guilty for Brandon Dassey. Right. And the reason I did that is because I don't think Amanda Knox was involved in the murder at all. I think Brandon Dassey may have been involved, but I think that his um, confession was uh, unconstitutional and I think it should have been thrown out. And so I think he should have been not guilty. Um, because some, cause some people was, don't, some people don't understand that there is a there is a distinction between in, being innocent and being found not guilty. They're they're very different exactly. things. You can be yeah, exactly. you can be found not guilty, but still yeah. have had committed some sort of crime. Whereas being innocent is you are absolved of having you know of, of not having done any of it. Exactly. So yep. you so exactly. so your your belief is the the guy from making a murder is in fact guilty. I do think so. Stephen Avery, yeah. I do. Yeah, Stephen Avery. Yeah. What what and, what leads you to that conclusion? All right, I'll tell you. Because I'm in, I'm 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 interested. So. Yeah. So I watched the documentary, and I'm like, oh my god, he was so framed. How do you explain the blood with the like the what was that like the needle mark in the top of the blood sample right right the documentary completely leads you to believe he's innocent correct so i was at work one day talking to another one of my co-workers who also watched it we're like oh Stephen avery's so innocent can you believe they did that and this other girl that um i've worked with for a long time she's actually my team lead um she comes up and she just rolls her eyes and we're like what and she worked for the county as an attorney during this whole thing so she worked for the oh excuse me she worked for a law firm not the county she worked for a law firm who was representing the county in Stephen Avery's civil suit and all of a sudden like this happened and he was like willing to settle because all of a sudden he had all these attorney fees and everything like that 
and she has some insider knowledge and she said there's so much evidence that was left out of the documentary like there was his dna was all over her car they found his blood under the hood of the car i can't remember all of it but she like took me step by step through it and i was like oh okay so i guess the documentary is a little one-sided Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. so if, if watching watching the documentary certainly would at least lead a lot of people to to feel that there was at least reasonable doubt. I do think that. I do think there was reasonable doubt, but I also think there was a lot we didn't see that yeah, might have absolutely. solved those reasonable doubts. So, so now the last time I checked, he had gotten a really like high profile Chicago lawyer who specializes in wrongful convictions that was seemed really enthusiastic about getting some of this stuff thrown out and maybe even getting Stephen Avery out of jail. Have you, have you paid attention to that beyond that? I've only been paying attention to Brandon Dassey's cause he like kind of tugged at my heartstrings cause he obviously was like a little slow I wrote a paper in law school about how I believe that all juveniles under the age of 18 should have a parent and a lawyer present no matter what, because I don't think they're competent enough to waive their, their rights. And, um, it just like broke my heart seeing him sit there and be like, Oh, am I going to be home in time to see WrestleMania? I was right. just like, Oh, this poor guy doesn't know what's happening. No. Oh, it just made me so sad. So I've been following his case more closely because his, his conviction did get thrown out um, and for a while there, I'm sure, as you know, it looked like he was going to be let out of prison, but then they made the decision that he was a flight risk and had to stay in prison until a new trial. But I haven't really been paying that much attention to Stephen Avery because I'm kind of like, whatever, but poor Brandon. Yeah, it, that's, I, I understand from a police pers- perspective, they work in, they, for the most part, work within the rules as they are constructed. Yeah. And they use those rules to their advantage. And if totally. you if you have someone that doesn't understand what their rights are, they can yeah. persuade them to say things that can be then used against them whether or not they're true or not. And that's why mm-hmm. it's so important for people to understand that that they all these people have rights and exactly. you know, you got to just not say anything. It doesn't I, exactly. I honestly if I was ever arrested for something even if I knew that there was no chance that I hadn't that I had done it, anything that they said I wouldn't say anything. Yeah. I would yeah. just be like I know I need a like a lawyer I need a lawyer because I know there those are the lawyers get a bad rap and some I think is probably deserved but yeah there are important things that you have spent a career learning intricacies of procedure and th- and things like that where I wouldn't know what those are for you to protect yeah. me so that I can then exonerate myself or get you know my just trial and all those sorts of things. Totally. So it's it, it's frustrating that people don't understand how important those things are, and it's you know, know. lawyers are buried in a avalanche of lawyer jokes and i know right <laughs> like my grandpa who the one who told me it can't be a lawyer wore a hat all the time that had that william shakespeare quote on it like the first thing let's kill all the lawyers or whatever which is completely <laughs> taken out of context right. <laughs> but just sad so 
Also, in my discovery, I, I spent a little time doing a little discovery of my own, as I mentioned. Okay. So, so yeah. tell me, so tell me about this uh, YouTube video I found called H and B, two thousand six to twenty sixteen. <laughs> what what the hell is happening here? Oh, is that the dance one? It seems like it's some sort of compilation where you yeah. did an original <laughs> dance mixed in with. Other things that you had previously done. First of all, oh. I'm I'm assuming you're you're the H in the H and B. So who's B? Yeah. So B is my sister Bethany. She's my absolute best friend in the world. We're only 19 months apart. She's my older sister, and uh, her and I have so much fun together. And one of the things we always end up doing when we're together is dancing and usually videotaping it and making these little silly choreographed dances. So as a wedding present, my brother got access to our Google photo page that had all the videos backed up and made that little compilation to this weird little silly music. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay, so so, um, the, yeah. so the thing where you have your hood zipped up over your face, that seemed like it was an original part then mixed in, but that was it was all edited together right? by your brother. I know, you would think that was the original part, but that was to a Justin Bieber song. That was What Do You Mean? And the story behind that one, you should watch just that video standing alone because it's kind of hilarious because my sister and I are convinced that we are like connected and we can like guess what the other one's going to do on the dance floor. And so we put on Justin Bieber's What Do You Mean? We zipped our hoodies up all the way so we couldn't see each other. And we were convinced that we would do the exact same choreography and it went we, <laughs> I went a little crazy with it, and she was very like standing in <laughs> one place robotic the whole time. So we learned that we are not connected, and we can't read each other's minds. But and I think I, had, I think you have to be twins for that to work. I know, but and, we thought we were like sisters. Being sisters was enough, and it wasn't. It's not. It's so, not quite there. Yes, yeah, so you'll have to watch that one because it's pretty. It's funny in that, my opinion. But. I, I will say that I laughed. Very hard at the H and B twenty six the two thousand six to two thousand sixteen. That was it's not it's Good. not my favorite it's not my favorite YouTube video that you've posted. My favorite YouTube video is the Dana Surprise with the uh, with the arcade game. That's that's one of the best that's one you know. Isn't that cute? I love his reaction so much. He's it's like adorable. it's mine. He's so cute. I know, I love that. So We'll we'll get back to we'll be, we'll get back to my man crush on your husband here in a little while, but okay. uh, well, the one of the, one of the reasons that I that I wanted to talk to you is that we're a little over a month post Trump inauguration, yeah. and it's basically been a giant dumpster fire. I know the right? whole time, and I know I. I was fully against him becoming president. I I want nothing more than for him to be a good president and to do yeah. things to benefit the country. And I've really tried to not jump on the everything he does sucks bandwagon. Yeah. But yeah. Everything he does lately has sucked, and i i, I know, wanted right? I wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt. Mm, but yeah. when when you're, I I feel like I'm I'm 36 years old, and I know that everything that I've done up to this point has been informed by things that I've done previously. So then, yeah. for to then 
put me in a situation then expect me to do something completely different is a very bad way to look at things so when the person is 70 years old to to see a history of the way he's acted and then to assume that he would magically change when he walked into this office i feel like is a very flawed point of view agreed and it's it's a very it's a very tenuous situation in this country it feels like there's it's 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 scary and so so what i wanted to talk about is you joined up with a a number of other women and traveled to dc for the march um what what led you to make that decision to do that well actually um i bought the ticket to go to dc the day before the election because I thought I was going to see Hillary's inauguration. Oh, you jinxed it. Yeah, I did. And my I also I also that. jinxed it because I bought a I bought a bottle of champagne that I planned on drinking and oh, watching election results. So I'm I'm I with know, you. I did too. I know I did both. Yeah, so my sister-in-law, so she's married to my younger brother. She's an amazing woman. And her and I watched every debate together. We were so excited for Hillary. Like every time we got an email, we were donating money. Like, you know, um, we were so excited. Just like, thank you. We were about to see our first woman president. So the day before the election, her and I were texting and I was like, let's buy a ticket to go to the inauguration. She's like, yes. So we Google fight it. We were like so excited. And Dana, my brother, both were like, you girls are going to jinx this. We're like, no, we're not. And then we, (laughs) the day of the election, I brought over champagne. We ordered pad thai we were going to celebrate. And like, that is one of honestly the worst moments I've lived through. Like I have had a pretty decent life. I haven't had, you know, horrible tragedy, but like just that those months and months of hope leading up to it. And then slowly realizing like a, that Trump was going to be our president and B what that meant about America, because he said such hateful, disgusting things. He did so many disgusting acts and sitting there watching all of the states go for him. It was really, really discouraging and it's hard to get over. Yeah. I had a very, I had a very visceral reaction that night. I, I sat out on my porch and I started drinking at probably noon because yeah. I just was tired of the news, and I just, I, I, I would, I didn't want to be drunk, but I just needed to maintain a certain buzz level to to get through the night. And as totally. as the return started to come in, I, I can tell you the exact moment I stopped drinking. Aww. And it was, I watched, I was watching MSNBC, and they cut to talk to James Carville, and yeah. the look on his face. When they were going through the Virginia returns, told me yeah. everything I needed to know about how this night was not going to go the way that many of us hoped that it would. And I yeah. I stopped drinking because I was gonna be sick. It it, yeah, it exactly. literally it liter- and this was this was probably at nine thirty. It it felt yeah. like someone kicked me. To, and I couldn't deal with it anymore. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I, I don't think. Like, I don't think I made it past eleven o'clock. Yeah, I don't think I did either. I, I started crying. My brother drove me home, and I slept on the couch all night. And at one point, Dana came out and was like, "Are you going to come to bed?" And I was just like, "They're going. I'm too sad." Like I was up all night crying. I couldn't even go to bed. Um, but so to turn it around in the women's march, 
like, so we all went through this really, really horrible shock. And like you and I have been discussing, like, it was like painful, like physically and emotionally painful. And so we were like planning originally um, to fly to DC still and just like rent a car and drive to a little town in Virginia and just like hide from the world. But then as the women's March started to take shape, we got really excited um, because we're like, okay, well, let's, you know, turn this into something good. And I think that was one of the coolest things about the women's March was after that feeling of just despair and hopelessness um, to be surrounded by so much positive energy and so many like-minded people and to realize there's still so much goodness in the world. It was really, really powerful. What, why, why do you think it was important to so many people to express that, that, that they were still, that they were still committed to moving forward and not just being okay with this result? Hmm. I'm thinking about that. So why do you think it was important for people to like March? Yeah. Why, why do you think it, not, not even so much March, but just to show, Hey, you know, this, because to me, it feels much different than any other political situation in that it's not just that one, one candidate beat the other and people disagreed with the result. Yeah. Donald Trump to me feels so far and away from what we have come accustomed to to be truly American beliefs and yeah. who we yeah. who a, a a lot of us believe America should be and what it should be and yeah. you, you have a lot of his supporters that have somehow crafted a narrative about him being for the people and a populist message. And if you really, I mean, he's a populist in the sense that he tells people the shit that they want to hear. And he, he is so blatant with his lies Yeah, that some people are just like, well, Hey, all politicians lie to me. At least I know this guy's lying to me. And it just doesn't make any sense to me. That's a yeah, it's a horrible, horrible way to approach life. Like, oh, at least he's honest about lying. Like, what? Um, no, but I think you nailed it on the head. Like, Trump is like no other politician in that he greatly lacks, in my opinion, I don't think he's rational at all. I don't think he thinks things through. And I also think that he is just basically like anti-everything. Like, you think about the entire election cycle. He was racist. He attacked women, both physically and with his words. Um, You know, he incited a lot of feelings against immigrants and Muslims. And he just spouted out so much hatred. I think the reason people like gathered together and felt the need to stand up is because, like you said, we've never had someone like that before. That just stirs up so much hatred against so many different people. It was just like, okay, we got to do something. It's not just like over raising taxes or not, you know, it's so much deeper and so much more disgusting in my opinion. And and it's interesting that that you said the taxes thing, because I, I am, a tried and true dead all the way liberal. I am yeah. completely in but I think taxes are too low. 
I, yeah. I, I think taxes should go up, and I'm happy to pay. I, I think what people fail to realize is that there was a time in this country where our taxes were so much higher. But I know. But we, like during the New Deal. Yeah, but I mean, everyone everyone had a house and everyone had a car, and no one had credit card yeah. debt. And I mean, I like, know. It's people just think that the answer is cutting taxes. And I don't understand I don't. that thinking. I don't either because, like, for me, it comes down to I really care about people. Like, I'm a sensitive person. I care about people. Like, if I see an old man eating alone at a Culver's, I want to cry. Like, I just, like, love people. And for me, it's like my tax dollars allow women to make health care decisions, even if they don't have a lot of money. It allows homeless people to, you know, get on their feet. It feeds hungry people. It gives shelter. It's like... It's all beautiful, important stuff. And so I'm like, why are you guys so concerned about having a little more money to maybe get a bigger boat or a bigger mortgage or just, like, pay off your credit card debt that you're already swimming in? It's just so – I don't get it. I don't get that mindset at all. And and to me, like, this year, I have never paid more taxes ever in my entire life. But that's also because yeah. I've never made more money than I have ever in my entire life than I did this last yeah. year. And That's awesome. It's – you we we are all part of this country and this american ideal and part of that is contributing to that but you don't get to pick yeah. and choose which parts you want to contribute to like i know i i don't i don't like the fact that that we spend billions and billions of dollars on the military and we have yeah. to send our men and women to the far reaches of the planet to get involved in things that we shouldn't be involved in. I don't yeah, like that we spend all of this money on certain social programs. I don't like how some of those programs are run, but they're all part yeah. of America. And so to be yeah. against that, I feel like that is un-American. Right? I love that perspective. I'm going to steal that from you. I will give you credit. But next time someone says, like, I don't want to pay taxes because it goes to abortion or I don't want to pay for someone's health care because of this, you know, I love that perspective. Like, yeah, I don't like some of the things my taxes go to, too. Doesn't mean I don't support the things I, you know, want them to go to. <laughs> this, really, this, and it's like, like we have a, a national endowment for the arts, which is something that yeah. conservatives like to throw at liberals because it tends to spend money on weird art projects. But, yeah. And like, I may not care about that art, but art is important. Science yeah. is important. Culture is important. We yeah. should be investing in those things, not, not pushing people away from expressing, expressing themselves. Like I think one of the biggest crimes that is continually perpetrated in this country is that we don't have effective mental health care for all of our citizens. It's bad enough that right. you can't get you can't get affordable health care for your physical body, but the fact yeah. that so many of us struggle with mental health issues, yeah, and it has such a stigma, I know that you that you sh- oh you just got to suck it up. No, yeah, exactly. Ask, ask for help. Like these are all things that I think are important that aren't part of our national conversation anymore. We used to, I know. I don't know. I just, so, so much of this stuff is frustrating to me. 
I know. It does get so frustrating. <laughs> That's why the Women's March is like the one day where you're like, oh, my gosh, there's so many people that think like I do. It's so encouraging. But then you look at Facebook or you turn on the news, you look at Twitter, and it's just like, ugh. Well, so and, even, and even that. They they try to co-opt a narrative into, oh, hey, look at these women who clearly have too much time on their hands and too much money that are off <laughs> doing these things. Oh, and they're wearing these pink pussy hats. And, like, it, yeah. we we have – there's so much tendency to focus on the small, petty conversation versus the big – like, we – it seems like so many people are have are, are scared to have a real conversation. Like we don't talk yeah. about real issues anymore. Everything is so surfacey and we're also we're also tied to our devices and we've yeah. got it's a I, I I continue to to look at this and wonder when it became acceptable to lack civility. No, no, I think that's social media because you people are so much braver behind a keyboard and behind a screen. You know what I mean? And I think that has a lot to do with just like the bullying and the negativity. And I mean, Trump spouted it out on stage, but I do think like that's a big part of it is like people will say something to you on Twitter that they won't say to your face, you know? But it, but it's starting to it's starting to filter out into the real world, where people yeah. are people it's are now emboldened world. by well, my president can do this, so now I'm gonna do. I mean, yeah. we're seeing we're seeing uh, an increase in uh, bomb threats to Jewish community centers. I know. These um, St. Louis and Philadelphia <laughs> Jewish cemeteries being like damaged, and people knocking things over and tagging things and. I just I I don't understand. This is so contrary to who we always try to espouse, who we are, the the kind of people we are, and I just yeah. I don't understand people who say that we want to be great again can then. First of all, I don't think we ever stopped being great. So fuck you. First of all, yeah, but, exactly. But secondly, I I don't understand why why do you attack people that view things differently. I don't understand well, the want, the need to fight about these things. It's, it, you know, it just doesn't make any sense. Well, do you know what scares me is that "Make America Great Again" is basically code for "Make America White, Republican, and Christian Again." Like, I honestly think that's what it is, and that's why they are emboldened to attack, call in bomb threats. They're emboldened to write racist shit, to say racist shit, because like the message of hate was accepted and people voted for the message of hate. And it gives all these people with this disgusting hate inside them, like the courage to stand up and be like, yeah, see, I'm not the only one who has these terrible thoughts. It's really, really scary. It is. I, I talked about this. I think I, maybe I, maybe I post about it on Facebook. Mm-hmm. There was, there was a time uh, we were traveling back um I think it was our our first or second trip down when we were looking for a place to live when we found out we were moving to Houston. And yeah. the the main highway that we take, there was an accident or something, it was shut down. So we cut across and we were going through uh, central Oklahoma on this two-lane highway. And it's mm-hmm. one of those where, you know, you get out on one of those 
um, central Minnesota highways where you're off of you're off of 169, but you're still you know you can go 60 in some places, but you're gonna hit a a town every 20 miles. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. So so they have the same thing in Oklahoma. Okay. And you're driving through, and they're broken down and poor, and wow. you know maybe have a gas station or maybe have a convenience store. Yeah. A lot of the houses are are in disrepair. And the number of Trump signs that I saw, I couldn't, I, I don't understand people that will continue to vote against their best interests. I I know. I do not understand people that have the mindset of, I'm going to vote for someone that doesn't actually care about me. And, and Mm -hmm. I'm not, and I'm not the biggest Hillary Clinton fan. Mm-hmm. I didn't think she was yeah. the best candidate. I understand mm-hmm. I understand those people that wanted to see her as president. I yeah. I appreciate the the sentiment that 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 was there. I under, I think yeah. she certainly would have been a better president than than what we have. But yeah. She was the wrong candidate for for this time in this place. Yeah. And I don't know. I just I don't know. What what do you say to people that are just hey, get over it. Trump won. We're going to do this. You just have to move on. What when you hear someone say something like that, what what sure. feeling what does that bring out in you? Well, I just say, yeah, I know he's my president, but there's a democracy, and the way a democracy works is we all have a voice, and I believe in these things, and I'm passionate about these things, and so I'm going to exercise my right to speak up about them. Like, it's that simple. Like, there's no such thing in America as being like, he's your president, sit down and shut up. Like, no, we still have senators, we still have representatives, we still have local government. Like, that's just not how America works, you know, so... I don't care. I'm going to keep speaking up and I'm going to keep fighting for what I believe in. And we have an election in 2018 where we can flip the House and the Senate. That's super important right now. So right now we need to lean in more than ever. And that, that is something that I, I wish more people could get in that mind frame of it's not just every four years where elections are important. It's, exactly. It's any it's any time, whether it is a county election, a state election, mm-hmm. a federal, all of those things are important. Yeah. Because we tie so much up in the presidential election. I I think one of the 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 worst thing that's ever happened to the political process of this country is the amount of dollars that are spent and the amount of yeah. money that is required just to be a politician i mean i don't know if you've there was a frontline documentary where it looked at the amount of time that congressmen and women spend on the phone calling their constituents for money like they have Mm -hmm. to raise they have to raise like twenty five thousand dollars a month just to be like Mm -hmm. to get to try to get reelected. yeah like how do we expect how do we expect them to be effective at shaping 
this country if if they spend half of their days phone banking for money for money exactly like, i know hey how I, do you and then how do you expect them to ask someone for money and then if that person is a big donor and a bill comes up that is negative against that person's interest how do you expect them to then mm-hmm. go against that exactly i know um i know that's why i feel like pretty soon here we just kind of got to hit reset like it's gotten so it's gotten to the point now where it's just like, oh, you got money, you can have the White House, you can, you know, have this job, you can be secretary of this, you can be secretary of that. Like, we really do need to reform and put limits around it and just kind of be like, all right, let's get back to the original mindset. Let's not treat it like a business anymore, you know? And it used to be, it, it seems like, you know, and you people talk about the good old days and, and all those sorts of things, but <laughs> yeah, it it kind of felt like, people that aspired to be politicians genuinely seemed like they wanted to be of service. And I, and I think exactly. if we look back in the history books, I'll, I think that pro- that logic is probably false. Um, yeah. But I, 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 I equate it to the same thing with, with, um, with teaching in this country, mm-hmm. teachers and politicians, like our best and brightest people don't seek out those service jobs anymore. Because so many of them feel it's not worth the time or the effort because there's so little payoff. I mean, if you're a politician, you're going to get shit on either for not doing the right thing or or selling out or whatever the case may be. And so many teachers that want want to do right by the students but are held back by... Uh, testing standards or lack of funding and those sorts of things. So they don't, they don't want to fight those fights anymore because what they want to do is teach people. Exactly. Yeah. Um, this is totally sounds like I'm jumping topic, but it does tie it. in. <laughs> do it. I saw on Facebook, someone asked us a question about like, what was that question? Is it better to try something and fail or never try at all? Oh, that that's that's a Rod Stark question. He's going to always chime in. He always has something to say on the podcast. Okay. Well, can I answer and tell you how I how I brought 100%. it? One hundred percent. Also, what you were just talking 100%. about. One hundred percent. Okay, I'm getting into more into the lighter side of things. I hope that's okay. Yes. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. We, I I meant to change <laughs> I meant to change tracks like ten minutes ago, and it just didn't happen. No, but honestly, like. You are so smart, and it's so awesome to, like, hear your perspectives and stuff. So I'm happy you have a podcast. I'm happy you're getting your voice out there because it's been awesome talking to you about politics. So. Sweet. I'm going to cut so, that out because I can't remember the last time someone told me I'm smart. Now I feel – now my <laughs> now my day is better. Hey, Nikki, someone good. else thinks I'm smart. <laughs> That's awesome. Go ahead. All yeah, right. Go. It's awesome. Okay. Answer the question. So, to answer, what's his name? His, okay. his name is Rod Stark. Okay, to answer Mr. Stark's question, I think it's absolutely better to never try something because in my mind, I think I'm an amazing plumber and like an amazing construction person. And if I ever tried it, I would confirm I'm not. But for some reason, I just like have this deep-seated belief that if my career doesn't pan out, I'll just strap on a tool belt and become a plumber. And I'm like, yeah, I'll just fall back on plumbing. So if I ever tried it, I would discover that it's a lot harder than I think it is, and I'd probably fail at it, and then I would just, like, be deeply depressed and scared all the time. So I think it's better just to, like, let yourself think you're good at things. That's my answer to that. Huh. 
I, I mean, I, I certainly, I certainly appreciate that perspective because I like to think that I'm a really talented singer, and I Ooh. sometimes I'll sit here and play a, play a karaoke <laughs> track on YouTube and sing it and record it, and then I listen to it and I realize how terrible I am, and then I get sad. <laughs> right, but if you just like tell yourself like I'm a really good singer and never actually try it, it's just a better life to live. I think. I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm a hundred percent with you on that, but I appreciate the perspective. <laughs> but this is. Uh, I don't know. I'm. I don't really apply that to most things in my life. Just plumbing. I really want just to be plumber. a plumber. Like, just... I really want to be a plumber. Um, are you so gonna? Like so to the think... question is: Are you gonna commit fully to being a plumber? Are you gonna wear a, a white t-shirt and jeans that are at least a size too small, so that when you bend over, you get just a little bit of the trucker buns that hang out? Are you gonna fully commit to that that plumber no, life? No, I'm gonna go like home improvement style and get a boob job and wear tight overalls with a big tool belt, like Heidi on Tool Time. Okay, I I'd be the sexy plumber. I think That's that I think that I think there's plenty of people that could get behind that. I can't imagine Dana not getting behind that idea. <laughs> he did buy me a tool belt for my birthday, but it's like way too big for me. Like it, it's a clip kind of tool belt, so right. you can't like put more holes and adjust it. So I like tried to put it on; it just dropped straight to my feet. Well, but I, he I'm, tried to help me. For I, mean, I mean this in the nicest possible way. But I'm pretty sure yeah. he would need to go shop in like the kids' tool section to find a tool belt that fit you. <laughs> and I say this, I, I say this because this also falls in line with with the things that I discovered while I went through your Facebook. Yeah. I I I, I do seriously want to congratulate you on being able to fit into your age eleven leotard from gymnastics. <laughs> I know. Because Isn't that amazing. I I don't think that I own anything that I had when I was eleven years old. <laughs> But if I did, it might fit my dog. But That's beyond amazing. that, beyond that, I don't think it would it would work at well, all. It was it stretches, which helped. But yeah, so I wore at eleven and twelve when I was level seven, and it was a lot more lower cut then. So it's like very high cut now, but it works. I still still got it on. That was pretty. So fun. level seven is that like Scientology or gymnastics? <laughs> Uh, you know, it's gymnastics, but sometimes it felt like Scientology. No. So <laughs> that's awesome. Let's um, we're, let's, we're we're gonna we're done with politics. We're just gonna have some fun. Um, okay. So let me let me go back to some things I wrote here. The okay. uh, I I can't say enough good things about Dana, your husband. He well, your wife certainly has a lot of negative things <laughs> to say about him. I I can't speak I can't speak to my wife and the way she feels about things. Um, okay, okay. I I I don't I don't condone those things. I don't necessarily agree with any of the things that she said. I I think I that um, I didn't know she had that in her. Really, I, that, there's was so amazing. much venom. It was amazing. Um, yeah, <laughs> the um, I I just I, he he routinely make and I'm sure he does this for you being being that you guys are married but he routinely makes my days better, um, yeah. with his tweets and his texts. I mean, so many he he's such a special guy, and uh, is is yeah. it hard to have to share him with so many people? He has such the following that he has, and is it hard to share? Or or are you, or do you like get a sense of he's mine, but also think of like all the people that also feel the way about him that I do. 
Yeah, I don't think it's hard to share him because I, the thing I love so much about him is he, like, always says, I just want to make the world dance. And he has so much, like, he's got such a great sense of humor and just so much joy to share with the world. And, like, everyone needs that. So I love, like, hearing people tell me, like, oh, my gosh, I was laughing so hard listening to your husband on the radio and, you know, seeing people retweet him. And I just love it because he's doing what he can to make this world a little better. So it makes me happy. Although there was one thing that happened today that I was like, Nope, that's mine. Like you don't get that. So and it's Im- and I have to it, it is important that you, that he keeps those things because he can't, he and can't share all of himself. Exactly. He can't share all of himself. And there's so, certain so, parts so, that I definitely don't want him to share with the rest of us. No, so. <laughs> exactly. No, but today, uh, Dana and I have this little nickname we call each other. Like, we call each other Binkle. And today, um, he called me right after the show, and he's like, hi, Binkle. I go, hi, Binkle. And then one of his co-hosts yelled out, hi, Binkle. And I was like, no, 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 no. And I was like, Dana, only you and I are allowed to say that. Like, you know, it's little things, but I'm like, that's ours. No one else can have that. It's It's important to have those boundaries. Exactly. And nicknames and nicknames are important. I will tell you, having adorable, annoying nicknames is a key yeah. to a successful marriage. <laughs> what do you two call each other? I'm not telling you. Oh, because come on, I told no, you no, those that, I don't share them with anyone. It's not my fault that you gave up the gig. That's not my fault. You should have. No, you should have. You should have stopped with. We have a nickname, and I heard him say it. I heard someone else say it. And I didn't like it. But now everyone See, knows. Not, it's my first podcast, and I don't think things through. Well, you should you should think before you speak in the future. I would okay. think I would yeah. think in your profession that would be important. Yeah, you would think. <laughs> so I I I kind of got a little bit obsessed with your wedding today. Oh. Um, and I have all kinds of questions, but I think I'm going to save those because we're at almost an hour. And okay. um, but I I do love that it was called WrestleMania. That yeah. brought a certain joy to my heart. Um, oh, good. So 2016 gave us WrestleMania, but 2018, yeah. it sounds like <gasps> we're going to WrestleMania together. WrestleMania! I know, I'm excited. So we're all, I mean, assuming assuming that uh, my wife and your husband haven't uh, tried to murder each other in between right? now and then. I, I, feel, I know. I feel, I feel like my wife is like, running a wrestling character and she's just i don't understand what's happening but it feels it feels like i don't know what's going on but we'll have to we'll have to, we'll have to get that figured out um yeah so can i say something about your wife quickly um yeah yeah go ahead she has the best laugh like i was listening to her on your podcast and i was like her laugh makes me so happy like it's such a good laugh she seems lovely. She's, you know, she's our. I, I thought you were about to go back at her and defend your husband, but telling her that she has a no. nice laugh is fine. See, you're too nice. Well, I, I am too nice. I know. And we we had this. She, Nikki and I had this conversation the other night. You when you said that you were honored to come on the podcast. It's like these damn millennials and their their damn manners. <laughs> I just. <laughs> no, but seriously, I love her laugh. So she she does that. have a tremendous laugh. I will give she it. She does. I know. I really like. So, it. it made me happy. I'm gonna drive home. The, the wrestling thing. Now is that a yeah. Is that a post relationship with Dana? I'm now paying attention to wrestling. 
Yeah, so it all happened one magic night when the Royal Rumble was on TV about four years ago. Okay. Um, Dana was supposed to go watch it with a bunch of dudes, and him and I were hanging out and had a few too many cocktails, and it led to us just hopping in a cab and going over there together. So I crashed boys' night, and it was my first Royal Rumble, and I just fell in love with it. Because from what I understand, Royal Rumble is your second favorite sporting event of the year. Yeah, after the slam dunk contest. Which makes no sense to me at all, but I find it very adorable. <laughs> I love slam dunk contest. It's so good. It used to be um, so much better. I don't know. Like They just like do such cool tricks and like jump so high. I just love it. Is it because... Uh, now, am I wrong? Are you shorter? Are you a shorter yeah. person? I'm five foot three. So it's one of those things where you want to be tall and jump high and, and dunk and do those fun things? I think it has more to do with it's kind of like gymnastics. Like it's oh, okay. like, yeah, it's like watching people leap through the air. It's fun. So I, I know you're into gymnastics. You're into figure skating too, right? Like, no. As a spectator? No. I love Tanya Harding and Nancy Kerrigan. I liked the documentaries about them, and that's about it. Okay. So I was going to say that could be another thing. My wife loves to watch the gymnastics. She loves to watch the uh, – the uh, ice skating. I thought, you know, mm-hmm. I was just trying to bring worlds together. That's what I do. I she know. hates. She hates wrestling. So, we'll have to. I know. We'll have to. We'll have to figure something out. So, okay. So I know that you guys have a very big, very big thing happening tomorrow night. You guys are going to SmackDown Live. Yeah, we are. I'm so excited. how how excited are you about that? I mean, I wish it was a Royal Rumble, but I'm still pretty excited. I got to tell you, going to the Royal Rumble is pretty awesome. I don't know if you know this, but I was there. Oh, that's amazing. I, I How may, were you close? I may have sat in the very front row. Oh, my God. Did you, like, was there, like, sweat dripping on you? Mm, no, but Kevin Owens oh. and Roman Reigns did fight right in front of me. That's amazing. It was oh pretty my good. Gosh. I'll, I'll, send, I'll, send, I'll send you a couple pictures. Okay. Now that, now okay. that, now that I have your phone number. Uh, just, yes! You know. I I don't want it to be creepy and like no. text you. I'll, I'm gonna I'll text you during appropriate hours, like nine okay. nine a.m. to five p.m. like business hours. Okay. So that's it doesn't, fine. I probably won't respond because I'll be busy at work. That's that's fine. But, but at least the, the okay. time the time stamp will be appropriate, and then there will be no there will be no shenanigans. Okay, so I'll always respond at 2 a.m. Right? We don't want shenanigans. Well, I I definitely <laughs> won't respond because I, like your husband, get up very damn early in the morning. I know. You do? You get oh, up early too? Yes. I get up at 4. When, on days that I work, I get up at 4.15. Oh, my God. And it sucks. That sounds awful. But, you know, I work a very weird schedule. I work uh, 6 a.m. to 6 p.m., Three days on, three days off, four days on, four days off. Interesting. So this, like is my, this is my Saturday. Oh, nice. Which is why I'm drinking. But, yeah. I'm jealous. This, uh, this kind of just jumped right off the rails here. Um, <laughs> we, uh, we're at about an hour, so we can, we can probably yeah. wrap it up. I definitely, I de- I, the, and the reason I want to talk about your wedding, and we'll, we'll definitely do that next time, is... Okay. When I see some of the things that you posted, I, f- I feel like you have a there. I see a so there's so many people that will post things about their weddings, and it it seems like it's 
very pretentious. And I feel yeah. like the things that you post about your wedding are very unpretentious and adorable oh, and I like them Aww. very much. And so I wanted to, I, and I love I love love and I'm I'm very weird. Yeah. I I'm kind of I, I'm just weird like that. So we'll talk about that more <laughs> next time. But perfect. I I I really I kind of creepily looked at a lot of stuff about your wedding today and I'm a little ashamed of myself for that. No, I'm happy. It was seriously the best day of my life. Like I would want to relive that day every day. It was so fun. So we also about it. We also got married at Como Park. No, but not really. But not in the cool place where you guys got married. We got married. We got we got married uh, in the poor people section. (laughs) Stop. Where's that? Um, Outside. So yeah, outside. What's the what's the name of the part where we got married? Oh, she doesn't remember. It's so like you oh. walk down the path by the creek and there's like a little alcove with a little Yeah, that's yeah. adorable. That's gorgeous. It was, I love it. It was much more affordable. We're ballers. No, I we're don't. ballers. We're ballers on a budget. Yeah, I get it. I get it. So Um the other thing when you were stalking my Facebook, did you see my, the second best day of my life? When F. Lee Bailey came and spoke at my work. Yes, I I, I, would love I very remember I remember that happening at the time. I think that oh. happened shortly after we actually became Facebook friends. Oh and man, that that seemed like a very cool day. So we'll, it was so cool. We will bookmark that. We'll talk about so we're, perfect. We're already set up. We'll when we okay. talk next time. We'll talk about the two best days of your entire life. Perfect. That'll be a perfect way for us to talk. Okay, so yeah, we can wrap it up here. Do you have? uh, Do you want to plug anything or tell people if do if they want to be friends with you, where they can find you, or do you care about that? Um, I don't, but I think you're really awesome, and everyone should listen and follow Dustin. (laughs) I'll plug you. Well, that's (laughs) hey. Let's let's. I don't know about that, but I am. I I would say that I'm. I'm okay. I'm not bad. If you want to um, follow along, I mean, if you're already listening, you should follow me on Twitter, at Dustin P. Jones. You can follow uh, Heather's husband, Dana, who's awesome on Twitter. If you're not doing that, you should definitely do that. And he's uh, at Dana Wessel. How do you spell Wessel? Mm -hmm. Is it two L's or one? I forget. Um, W-E-S-S-E-L. So one L. Yeah, it's one. It's one L. Yeah. All right. But yeah, he's also a delight. So let's find him. let's find a way to wrap this thing up, huh? All right. What should we What should we do? Um, I don't know. You're the podcaster. I, I got a little I got a little too <laughs> drunk here at the end. Okay, that's it. We're we're done for tonight. Thank you, Heather, for being an amazing guest. I can't wait. We're we need to do this all the time, anytime. Yeah. Anytime you decide you have something. Anytime you decide you have something you want to say. Know yeah. that you have an open forum. We can do this whenever. Fantastic. And at least, right. I guarantee at least 17 people will hear it. Oh, and, me too. That's more than people. And people only, only 12 of them will be related to me. Okay, fantastic. So <laughs> you have at least five non-relatives that will hear this. So it's okay. huge, a huge audience. So thank you Love very it. much for your time. Hope everybody enjoyed the show tonight. We'll be back. Um, I'm not sure when we'll be back. Yeah, sometime later this week probably. I'm Dustin Jones. This is just another Why Guys podcast. Always protect the five.
It's just me against the world. 